Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this opportunity. Lord, I pray that your word and every unction and utterance that is given will be of you. That everyone that you, every part that you desire will be spoken and those that don't need to be, just block it, God. I pray that we would be sensitive. Lord, and as I speak, I know that you are having me to listen to myself. For I need this to also, Father. I give you the honor and the glory and the praise. And lift up your holy name, the sweet holy name of Jesus. Thank you. Amen. Uh, it's been quite a week, hasn't it, for everybody? Yes, it's been a very good week. For no matter what you're going through, just like a little oyster, you probably might be making a pearl. Yeah. Somebody's been working on a pearl for a while. <laughs> Those are the, the valuable ones, you know. Some of the cheaper ones are the ones that they kind of rush it up. But the other ones are really valuable as it takes a little bit more time. I've had some pearls that I've worked on for a long time. And some of them haven't come out of the oyster yet. <laughs> but today, if I had something to speak on that God just whoop, said limits or limit, boundaries, limits, limits. Okay, let's kick right off and go right into it. First one comes from Ephesians 3 and 20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. That God can do those things. That's how God is. He is unlimited. If we were to put things into numbers, what's the biggest number that you know? No matter what it is. No matter what it is. I don't care if you're one of those scientists and majored in math and you went on and on and you picked the big one, quazillion, zillions, or whatever they may come up with. Guess what? God's larger than that. He's one more bigger than the biggest. Now, I have quite a mind that kind of thinks all kind of things. I'm usually out of the box with my mind. Instead of out of my mind, I'm out of the box with my mind. Because I look at things differently. But if you look up there, God says that he is able to do immeasurably. In other words, you can't put him in a box. More than, we, uh, than all we ask. There's one thing to ask him. I'm going to ask him for something big. And there's people that have problems with, uh, I don't think you should ask God for a Cadillac or a Mercedes. But, but is that up there? Says you're not supposed to do it or can't do it? No, because we're being limited because someone else's opinion is coming at us and says, no, 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 no. That's not real spiritual unless you're a, a bishop. Unless you're a district church overseer, 
Then you can have one of those Cadillacs. That's, that's fine for you then. But you're not supposed to. Because that Judas spirit comes in and says, um, you know, we could sell that thing and all that money could have been given to the poor. Which is true. But I'll tell you what. <laughs> those tennis shoes that you bought name brand you could have gotten cat heads down at Kmart instead and save the money and use that money to give to the poor how many times have you seen some I don't know the Lord is going in a different direction here how many times have we seen a poor person on the street he's not wearing the best but he, you know he looks decent and, and somebody says I, I, I want to be just like him I want to wear clothes just like him Probably the only time you do that is you're trying to get away from the law and trying to get a disguise or something. I'm trying to be that way. But you don't hear, hear people say, I want to be like that, you know, having people come up to you and say that. Uh, Natasha, uh, I'm going to pull on you this morning. I thought, I thought maybe it was my wild mind, but I'm feeling an unction from the Lord. Come up here and sit right here. You're going to help me pinch it. The one good thing I can tell you, Natasha, is I didn't tell you beforehand. I couldn't call you up last night and tell you. I didn't know last night, but I could have. And you would have worked, you know, had it on your mind all last night and all today and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Instead, you haven't had to worry about it. The Lord moves with peace. I did something. It made me think. I did something mean in Atlanta one time. Uh, we were we were traveling through Atlanta, and we stopped and had something to eat, and I stepped out on the edge of the street because we had parked across there. And this car pulls up and says, uh, do you know where so-and-so and so is? And instead of saying, no, I don't, I'm not from around here, that's what everybody says. I like to do things different from everybody else. <laughs> I said, yeah. Lies. I said, yeah. Go down here to third red light, take a left to go down two blocks, and then go cross on down a little bit further, and you'll sit over there on the left. And they said, wow, thank you. And off they sped. <laughs> now, you said, Wayne, that is cruel. That is terrible. But you know what? I blessed somebody for just a moment or two. They actually <laughs> had a wonderful feeling of they knew where they were going. You know, until they found out they got lost again, but they already had that feeling. But for just a little while, I gave them, I mean, you know the feeling. You know when someone gives you direction after you've been trying to find something you can't find, and they finally tell you, and you say, oh, yeah, thank you. And they say, oh, yes, that's a wonderful feeling. That's a high, you know. I don't know why I said that, but I guess let you know that I'm not perfect, especially after all that he said. But, of course, that was years ago. I have not done it recently. been tempted, but have not done it recently. So if you really want to help somebody that's really blue and looks terrified and whatever, brighten the corner for just a little while. Okay. Tim, where did the word go? <laughs> I'm trying to get back on focus here. Get back on focus. Now to him, that's God, who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. Of course, y'all right now, y'all are saying, boy, he has an imagination, doesn't he? I sure do. And I imagine all kind of things that God 
can do. I'm almost sometimes like a kid with a fantasy world in my mind. And I started to say, that's normal if you feel that way, but I'm not sure, but it's normal with me. <laughs> in your mind, begin to see what God is wanting you to see. Begin to see, even if you cannot put it into words. And it's just like I told you up there. Look up there. It said that little word, more than all we ask. We don't always have to ask for things that are real spiritual. It, it helps, but this is all we ask. He didn't put limitations to it. Remember, again, at the wedding, his first miracle, turning the water into wine. And it wasn't just regular wine. It was fantastic wine. Best, which means it was expensive wine. He could have given them just enough to go by, you know, maybe, okay. But he gave them three big pots, I mean, you know, several pots, full of it. It was not, they could have had the wedding and lived without it. In fact, they probably, some of them needed to go home after drinking all that other wine. But, here again, God steps out. He's looking at our hearts. He knows what we need. He knows what we desire. He knows what we can handle. And he's going to go in that direction. And he'll go in that direction if we can just let our minds. Years ago, um, when I was at Odom School, I had a teacher whose husband owned the Ford Mercury place, and she would drive demos. In other words, she'd drive the new cars, and they'd be demos. And I remember when they came out in uh, uh, the um, around 80, in the 80s, they came out with a new stream um, designed Mercury station wagon. It was shaped like a cockroach. You, you probably remember, because it was so different from what we had normally been exposed to. She drove up to that car, and it was uh, a light tan, and it was cockroach. And I said, ooh. But I liked it, because I like things that are different. I said, ooh, I like that. And in my heart, I said, boy, I'd love to have a car like that. I didn't tell anybody else. I didn't say, oh, you know, the kids would laugh about it. Sometimes Natasha and Josh, they would laugh about, yeah, Miss Clax is driving the cockroach today, you know, because we talked about it. So that's a different looking car, isn't it? Yeah, I didn't tell them that's what I'd like to have. Well, the time came that we needed to trade, so we traded for, uh, we found, I found a little red Mercury on the block. I mean, it was fire engine red. And we bought the little Mercury. And we were driving it around, and the engine blew up in it. It was under warranty. The engine blew up in it. So I was up there. I had taken it to the Ford place, and the guy came out to tell me, he said, the engine's blown up in it. And I said, ooh. But it's under warranty. I said, yay. And so I was out there, and I started looking, and someone had brought in this old station wagon because I, I was, had in my mind, well, I'm not going to get a new one. I might as well get an old one. And I was looking at it, and the guy came up to me, and he tapped me on the shoulder. He says, Wayne, that's not what you want. He says, this is what you want. Follow me. And he took me over there, and there was a cockroach. <laughs> it was the same color of the cockroach that I had worn before, that I had seen, that I liked. And I said, wow. 
and it was loaded. I mean, it had electric. It was for its time. It was loaded. And the Lord opened the door, and I got it. Was able to get it. God blessed me with it. He was teaching me. I know what you like. I know what you want. Because I also knew I needed a station wagon, especially with a son that was in the band and played the tuba. It came in handy. Okay. Now, ask or imagine according to his power that, okay, we all know, according to his power. So, sure, God's got the power. Sure. Yeah, he can do anything. Remember, we talked about anything. He can do. Ooh, yeah. Then there's a catcher here. It says, according to his power that is at work within us. Now, of course, we have the, the spirit of God within us. And once we tap into it and find out who we really are and, re and begin to walk in who we really are, we all know that God is unlimited. But we also need to remember that Jesus, I found out this thing, it was wonderful, that Jesus, the only time he is called the only begotten son is in the Gospels before he was crucified. Only begotten son. This is my only begotten son. Listen to him. My begotten son. After that, he is, he is called the son of God. And things change. Just like in John 3.16. Whosoever will call upon the name of, you know, uh, shall, you know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. For whosoever will. You know, and we did and we became a whosoever. Well, we were a whosoever that came there. And then we became a son of God. And the word keeps talking about that we are co-heirs with him. And, of course, our little mind goes to, oh, yes, in the by and by, when we get to heaven, we're going to have a mansion. And, and we're going to do this and that. And, and it's going to be great. Heaven's going to blow our minds because it's going to be beyond what we can even imagine. But God, we are called the sons of God now. Now. And that power that is worked within us, it is in us. But we have to work it. We have to learn to believe what we're taught and begin to walk in it. Just like a kid learning to walk. You know, he has to start believing. He wants to. He wants to run around the room like everybody else. But little Lana just said she wants to walk now. And she'll, she's beginning to pull up. She's taking steps to do that. And she's beginning to fall on her fanny. Yes, we've all done that. But we still have the desire to move in God the way he's called us to move. Here at Providence, we believe in the supernatural. Our Heavenly Father is supernatural. But so many Christians have just let God be the only one that's supernatural in a sense. But he's called us to begin to walk in the supernatural. Because we are his hand extended upon this earth. Because you see, when God created Adam and Eve upon this earth, he made them and gave them authority upon this earth. Take dominion, he said, and be blessed and multiply and subdue the earth. And when he talked to them, they were living in the Garden of Eden, just a little portion of the earth. 
the rest of the earth was still wild. And some of it was probably desert and desolate and stuff. But he was given man, and Adam had the authority because he was created in the image of God and in the likeness of the Lord. That means that not only do we have features like God, but we have so we're supposed to take on his likeness, his personality, his way of doing things. And that's where the speaking comes into to it, to part. The strength of faith and speaking, the word. You can't get any closer to God than speaking his word, really. I mean, when you begin to speak it from your heart, you're speaking what he has said. And you know that's truth then, and you can depend upon it. There's a little problem. We know that God is unlimited, but... I am so limited. In fact, we try to start acting humble and say, I am very limited. Then we have others that say, I can't do nothing. And we have others that are adding to that when they step up and they say, you're right. You can do nothing. My dad used to tell me that a lot. Man, boy, you ain't worth a... He finished it out, but I didn't. And he would... Say curses upon me. Boom, boom, boom. But that's what he had heard. That's the way he had been raised. That's what he walked in. But thank the Lord, and but thank the Lord, it's time for my generation to change that in my home, in my generation, to stop the curses. Stop the curses that have been spoken over you. say anything because I am totally going in a oh just jump jump up when you, God gives you something okay if not he'll tell me and I'll, I'll tell you <laughs> now we know that God loves us everybody agree with that oh yes Jesus loves me this I know for the Bible tells me so little ones of course some of us are a little bit bigger <laughs> Still belong to the Lord, and we know that we, you know, that He loves us. We just sometimes wondered what degree He loves us. But I discovered just a few years back that He loves me as much as He loves Jesus. He loves you just as much as He loves Jesus. Now that blew me out of the water because I always felt that, uh, you know, that it was like dogs. I was like a yard dog, and Jesus was like a house dog. You know, God loves us. But he loved that poodle Jesus. That's his little shiner there. I'm the old hound dog that, you know, we might take hunting and lived out there. Yeah, he loved us both, but Jesus is the top dog. <laughs> but, but that, see, learning the word opened my eyes to that fact. Because the devil would tell me, you know, God, God's, mm, mm, God's going to cut the love off, you know. <laughs> You perform well, you'll get plenty of love. You do what he wants, you get more love. More love, more power. Mm -hmm. But that's not what the word says. Because the word says that we have to change. We have a, a decision to make every time we're learning some new truth and revelation. We can either take that or we can say, that's nice. Go on about our way and not be changed. But it's time that we've got to walk in what we've changed as it is being revealed to us. Revelation. People, we are so blessed here at Providence. 
and in America and Providence to start learning revelations from the Lord. More so that's happening day by day. We've got to quit being like the denominations who have through the years taken a revelation and camped out at that spot because that spot became holy because that was where it was revealed and that's the doctrine we're going to hold on to. If that were true, Martin Luther, the original, not Martin Luther King, but Martin Luther who received the revelation that we are saved by faith and not have to work our fannies off and still miss the mark and do what we're told. We are saved by faith. And Martin Luther took that revelation and he blessed the world with it. And we are blessed today because that's how we entered into the kingdom of God. No longer by works, but by faith. But guess what? Martin Luther... He was not a perfect man. He hated the Jews. He had people murdered. He hated the Jews. He said that the Jews had rejected Jesus. So Jesus, so God has rejected the Jews. And the best thing you can do is kill a Jew. Yeah, the same man who's talking about we're saved by grace and not by works. Then we're coming on. And as things happen, we, 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 the, the knowledge of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is shown. And some opened up to it. And even though they opened up to it, they missed the mark on some other things. But thank God for the revelation. And we are now receiving revelation from the Lord, such as what I just shared with you just a moment ago about how that God loves us. How much we mean to God. How that Jesus was the only begotten son of God. But after he died and purchased us and changed things for us. We have become sons of God also. Now that sounds almost like blasphemy. But remember what Martin Luther, what Martin Luther exposed. Sounded like blaspheming too. Heresy. It was. Our problem is not, not understanding what God can do. Oh, if I could just believe that God can do. is understanding who we are in God, people. And that's what we, where we're having to move up now. That's why we, we in the past, we know God can save the world. We know God can do this and God can do that. And he can do miracles and he can reach where no man can reach. And he does. But because of the little things such as giving man authority upon this earth, he's expecting us now to take part and to do our part because Christ has reestablished for us what we lost in the fall. He's reestablished, and people are beginning to accept that God heals and believes in divine healing. He also restores. He restores bruised psychics, emotions, hurts, weaknesses, whatever Christ desires to restore. And God showed me something. He told me, I'm going to see if I'm read it. The only thing that would keep me from giving to Lana anything that she wanted would be those things which might harm her. 
I love little Lana. I love my grandson. And I was looking at her when I was thought, that thought came to me, you know, what you would give and what you do for that child, I would do for you. And the only reason that I don't just let you just ask and boom and be a genie in a bottle is because you would ask for things that might be harmful. Some things he puts off for a little while, but other things, other things, okay, Kim, other things we have to take time and have an understanding with him. Okay, here we go. Do not conform any longer. Do not be like any longer to the pattern of this world. What's the pattern of the world? The economic system. The way people react to problems. And you do me wrong, I'm going to get you back. And when you do something wrong, I'm going to tell you. And I'm going to gear my relationship with you the way that you do with me and the way I want to. But the word says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. If I want to learn French, I have to renew my mind. I've got to start listening to some French. And if we want to be renewed by God, we need to go to his language, his mind, and his mind is the word. If we do that, renewing of your mind. I'm going to ask you this question. What have you done to renew your mind lately? Are you listening to teaching? Are you reading books and studying? Are you are seeking God and just shutting up and listening and let him speak to you? Checking it out in the Word, if it's something that really startled you. What are you doing to renew your mind, Wayne? Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. How many times have you heard, oh, I wish I knew God's will for my life. I wish I knew God's will, what he felt. But the way way that can only come is through the word. Because the word tells what God's will is. He speaks it. I want you to love each other. I want you to do these things. I want you to change things. I want you to begin to allow me to work and to walk in your life. And to transform you. Because if I can transform your mind... I, I, it'll take care of the rest of the things. See, I guess that's the spiritual things with the body snatchers. <laughs> Where they go in, they don't change your physical appearance, but they change the mind. And you become a zombie-like person, an alien like they are, and whatever. Now, God changes us too, but he gets a mind. And then our actions change. And our countenance changes. Mm-hmm. Our countenance change. Because the word says, the joy of the Lord is my strength, or is our strength. And we, no joy, no strength. But I'm so weak, Brother Wayne. I don't know if I'm going to make it or not. I, I, I used to do that too. When people say, how you doing today, Wayne? Of course, I didn't want to be like everybody else. So I'd say, surviving. 
because that was an accomplishment on some days. And a lot of people, uh, I met a person the other day who had picked up my saying. I said, how you doing? He said, surviving. I said, mm. Now I am blessed and highly favored of the Lord. So I tell them. A lot of people can take the blessed because, because people are picking up that lingo and beginning to say, how you doing today? Blessed. Yeah, you sure are. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then you kind of get a sense, I'm going to kick out the rest of it to them. And highly favored of the Lord. And sometimes some of those people, ooh, they want to shout in the store because I've hit the note too. And that's good because they say, ooh, good. Rather than them like, mm-hmm, <laughs> yes, you are. Mm -hmm. Like, you poor thing, bless your heart. Mm -hmm. God is changing us into superheroes. Mm -hmm. We're becoming a league. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're not all alike. We're not all supermen. Because if we had the league and all were supermen, all, we had, all the devils had to do was flash out a little bit of kryptonite, green kryptonite, and woo, we got Jesus' bunch back now. Mm -hmm. If we were all bad... Uh, 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 Aquaman or some of the other ones with their different attributes and characteristics that'd be kind of different too okay um, go to the next one Kim but mark this there will be terrible times in the last days. Now, if you really want to get in unity of what's, you, what's being said on the street or on the telephone, in the church, and on Facebook or anything, I'm fixing to read it till y'all sound like a fortune teller just about. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves. Mm, know anybody like that? Lovers of money. Anybody like that? Boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents. Oh, Jesus. Ungrateful, unholy. Man, you can go in the school and you'll find this. You can go to the street, the grocery store, and you'll find this. You can sit at home on TV and you'll watch this. What you get to get your eyes off of this. Because you're trying to renew your mind with this junk. That's what's on TV, people. That's what's mostly on the news. It'll, you probably listen to news for the, probably the first two minutes, and you'll get what you need to know. Then turn it off. Because it's going to renew your mind. Renew your mind with the, with the negative stuff. Having a form of godliness... But denying its power. I'm a Christian. You go out there and you talk to people, and probably 95 people, 95 percent, say they're Christian or they believe they're they're Christian. Or I attend church. I go so and so. I'm a member so and so. I'm gonna tell you something. God doesn't always play fair to our emotions or our minds. I'm going to say that. He likes change. I was raised in church, and it became my heritage. And because it was my heritage, I wanted to stay with it. Through thick or thin church fights, 
church disputes, negative things going on, or whatever. I wanted to stick with it because I was raised in it. That's where my mom raised me. That's where I was raised. That's where my grandmother went. My grand, both my grandmothers went. They were this. They were this. And a lot of people say, yeah, I go to so-and-so hill because that's where my family grew. That's where my family uh, has always been there. And some people are fortunate enough to be there. <laughs> but if you're listening to the Lord, most of the time, he, he's, he's putting the spurs to you. And the way he's putting the spurs to you, like he did me, he had to put me become a victim. To the victim till I couldn't take any more and I had to get out of there to survive. And even with that, I felt like an excommunicated Catholic. I really did because I had left because I knew that's where God had wanted me. That's where I had been raised and all this other things. And I remember going and God sent me to this other church. And it wasn't my choice. It didn't, it, it wasn't my choice. But God says, I want you to go there. And, I, and the first thing I did on that Sunday morning was I went to the altar and I cried before the Lord because I, I was so concerned because I'd, I felt I had been, was leaving the truth of what I had been taught. And I cried before the Lord, brokenhearted. But the Lord spoke to me. I remember this is clear. He says, Wayne, let the past be the past. Let the past be the past. Remember that when, when you're starting to change, it's sometimes uncomfortable. Not sometimes. It is uncomfortable. Because even though sometimes you want to go, you still mm, hate to leave some of these others behind. So your spiritual background can sometimes limit you if you stay with it. <laughs> because you're afraid to go forward. Let me say that. Lack of vision. Lack of vision. What is your vision? Remember we went back and we talked just a, just a second, mentioned about uh, whatever you can ask or even imagine. What is your vision? What is your vision that God's going to do or that you're seeing God do? Get in the word and find it and begin to speak it. Renew your mind with that word constantly. It's kind of like sometimes those boys, they go outside and they get dirty and throw them in the tub. And we put bubble bath in it. And sometimes you can take and you can just give them a little dunking couple of, and some layer one will come off. But you have to grab the thing sometimes and you have to get to that hide and you have to scrub on it. And you keep scrubbing until hide or dirt or both comes off. And that's sometimes what we have to do with what's going on in our minds and in our lives. Things that are negative and not of the Lord, it's time for to scrub them off. Time to take them off. Time to renew our mind. And let his word become our words. I'll say that again. Let his words become our words. That we're not just surviving anymore, but we are blessed and highly favored of the Lord. And add whatever else God gives you to add on to it. It's time to quit picking up the lingo of everybody else. When, 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 I was a t when we were just graduating from high school, there was an expression that came around, cruddy. I don't know if y'all ever heard it. Oh, that's so cruddy. <laughs> Ann and I used to use that word, everything. Oh, that's cruddy. And, and, from, and my mom, it drove her nuts. Cruddy. She said, I've heard cruddy until I won't want to hear it anymore. But we had picked it up from other people using cruddy. So it was 
part of the language. I'm, it's, oh, that's just cruddy. You know, it's part of a judgmental word. Oh, that's just cruddy. Oh, look at that cruddy spare shoes. Ooh, I feel cruddy today. You know. But mom, you know, she helped relieve us of that. <laughs> no more. And you know what? We need to listen to the Holy Spirit because I think that he would tell us, in, tell us listen to him. When you feel something come out of your mouth that's cruddy, no more. Oh, but everybody else is saying it. And that's what we tried to tell mom. <laughs> but she said, I don't care if everybody else is saying it. No more. <laughs> and of course, we weren't just healed Im- Im- immediately. Oh, the word no. But because it had been in our minds, our minds had gotten geared to it, a habit of doing it. We've started walking that way and working that way. And it took time to correct it, but we had the um, uh, motivation to change things. The motivator had moved in. Now, Heavenly Father, if you're wondering and you're starting to get frustrated because prayers aren't being answered the way that they should be, or you feel like that, hey, they should be, and I know God wants them healed, and I know this, that, and the other, and I'm doing all the right things and saying all the right words, but... Check the attitude. Check and see what crud you've got in there that you need to get out. Here's a good one. Talking about limiting God. You, I could just go in the store and be a crowd of guys or just go in the Hardee's and you see this, this group maybe or McDonald's. You usually have them. The council. If you know what I'm talking about, you'll see this group of men usually. The council or people group. And you just go up there and just say one word. Just say, Obama. That's all you have to say. Obama. You don't have to say, I love Obama. I hate Obama. Can't stand Obama. I pray for Obama. You don't have to say anything, how you feel about him, or anything. Just Obama. Woo! That is like throwing a piece of meat to the dogs. They will chomp and go to it. But let me tell you something, people. The blacks do the same thing, only they're on the other side. I had this black minister. I was in a group with black ministers, and he says, he, he, he knew I was, try, I, was, I was a Christian. And so he says, oh, Brother Wayne, please pray for, the, for President Obama because they're just against him, and they just hate him, and they're just mistreating him, and he can't do anything that he would like to do because he's just being fought and the way they're treating him. And I'm going, oh, my God. Deception. <laughs> That's what I, my first, I kept my mouth shut. I said, mm, 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 mm. But let me tell you something. The, the alternative is, 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 the only alternative there is, is the Jesus party. It is not a political party. We are in a spiritual kingdom. And the way we participate in the spiritual kingdom is through our actions, our words, and our attitudes, and our actions. And what you usually say is, oh, yeah, our nation is going to hell in the handbasket. You hear him say that. Yeah, boom, 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 yeah. boom, 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 boom. And God gave man the authority and the power of his words. Boom, 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 boom. This nation is damned. This nation is no good. This nation is going to crash. And this nation is going to be destroyed. God's going to destroy this nation. God's going to have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah if he doesn't destroy this nation. Blah, blah, blah. I mean, you hear this. But is that what God is telling you to pray? 
No, if anybody wants a spiritual awakening in this nation, it is God. I'll say that again. If anybody wants a spiritual awakening and change in this nation, it is God. And God is wanting to do a greater job than he did in the 50s, which some of us know about, or the 40s, or the 1820s, or whatever, because there's been corruption and all along. But the majority kept the lid on it because the people didn't go with it. But for various reasons, we've gotten sidetracked, and now the enemy's able to walk boldly down the street, speaking what he wants to speak and say what he wants to say. And all we can do is, Lord, have mercy. This is terrible. This is wickedness. Oh, God. And what we've been taught in the past has been, Jesus is coming in the last days. going to be dark days, perilous times. And on and on and on, just like what we said, you know, hey, it's it's there, you know. And it's there. I mean, this is, sounds like something we could read today and describe things perfectly. But is this what God wants us to speak? Well, that's part of his word, isn't it? Yeah, but um, that's the wrong part. We are called to change things. To change things. If we're believing, and see, in my mind, that's why I begin to see things. God's giving me glimpses of things that are going to be in the spiritual awakening, seeing the power of God move down the streets and alleys and some places in Jessup where people are slain by the Spirit of God sitting on their porch. They fall out because of the Spirit of God. And people are being healed and restored, and people are doing all things to the glory of God, dancing in the street, and they're not afraid. People are being healed, raised up out of the hospital. Have you ever imagined yourself walking into a hospital and praying for people? Yeah. There's Sister Beverly. Yeah. I mean, sometimes we think, oh, i got an imagination. I'm just thinking about that. You know, just thinking about seeing God move and God do certain things. But God wants the darkness filled with light. And it's not going to come by agreeing with people, even though you feel like, well, I'm just believing the truth, Brother Wayne. It's time to change all the truth. Is Sometimes the facts can be changed of the truth. The truth is God wants to change. God does not want to destroy America. God wants America serving him again. But let me tell you something. If we were going, if back when we were um, uh, saying the prayers in school, we chose the Lord's Prayer. But I'll tell you what, back then, if someone had gone in there and prayed a Pentecostal prayer, whoo, Jesus! There have been rioting in the Baptist convention. <laughs> and if a, a Methodist got in there and said something, oh, Jesus! They left out the power. How in the world? That was the weakest prayer I'd ever heard. Needs power in it. God's not satisfied with this. They're starting to deny the power. Yeah, this is what would be said. So God allowed. We just take it away. Now, if we can just get a rabbi Jew to stand up and pray <laughs> and recognize God. I mean, the balconies with Baptists and Methodists and Pentecostals and Charismatics would cheer and say, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Because it's become precious. If we will allow the things of God to become precious to us again. Precious 
we, he will then open up opportunities for us to begin to speak and release the light into darkness. Years ago, there was a woman, and it was in a book. Uh, you'll hear on the tape sometimes. This can be Bill Winston's story here. There was a woman that was blind, but she loved going to the baseball games. She says, I love the smells. I love the excitement that I can feel. I love the sounds. I, 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 you know, and she says, I love everything. And she says, I really love when Ted Williams comes up to bat. In fact, I can tell you when he comes up to bat. And the guy says, you know, hey, but you're blind. How can you tell when Ted Williams comes? She says, because I can feel a change in the atmosphere. You see, he was a, a fine ball player. I mean, he had the highest batting average for a long time. And did other things, just a remarkable role model for, for, for the baseball. And, she, and so people realized that. But she says, when he came, I can feel a change in the atmosphere. You know, when you, if, you, if you become blind, what you'll discover is your other senses will kick in to make up for it. I mean, you won't be able to see, but in a sense, you'll be able to see. You'll be able to tell things that you've overlooked. You'll be able to feel the wind near the wall, so you can tell you're near the wall. You, you know, and so many other things kick in. If we, and there's places that you can tell that in the spirit which you go into. You can go into a Kenneth Copeland uh, convention and you can feel a different presence, a peace. I mean, it is just wow. And boy, you can tell it when you leave. <laughs> it's like, whoa, I'm back in the real world. I can feel it. What God is desiring is for us to be so full of him that when we come into a room, whether it be our school room, or where we work, or Walmart, going the, down the aisle in Walmart, a change in the atmosphere, the spiritual change. Now, have y'all been even thinking of that? Some of us have dreamed it. I've dreamed, I've seen myself, you know, just, go, I don't talk about when I was, that kind of dreaming. But I'm talking about, I've dreamed, wow, I would love just to go down and walk through that crowd and all of a sudden, the Spirit of God began to slay people and see people change, see people heal, see people raised up. I would love to see that. Okay, Kim. Okay. He's talking about Jesus. Then he touched their eyes. This is some people that were blind. And he said, you're healed. what the word says mm -mm. he told some people that you're healed but these look what he said he said according to your faith will it be done to you and of course they had the faith and it kicked in and they were healed and he's telling us today according to your faith it's going to be done unto you so that if I can begin to see myself Changed and walking in the way of the Lord, walking into Walmart. If I begin to see myself walking in the hospital, visiting somebody, if I can see that, see that person that has called me up or I found out on Facebook that they are sick, if I can begin to see that person in my mind and say, God, heal them. I see them as healed. I see things change, God, through you, God. My faith 
word. God, you love them as much as you love Jesus. It is your desire for the light to go into the darkness. Father, you said that anything we ask, that we could ask or even imagine, God, that you could do according to the power. God, thank you for the power that you've given to me, to me that I can walk in you. Lord, I am believing you for this little lady that's in the hospital in the emergency room right now. It works. I'm going to tell you it works. A little while back, a few years back, I was on a roll for the Lord. <laughs> I was on a roll for the Lord. I, 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 you know, I was withholding nothing from the Lord. I was just gung-ho for the Lord. I was dancing like a frenzy in church. I wasn't doing the charismatic <laughs> shuffle. That was what was considered dancing back then. Of course, the Pentecostals, we almost lost them. It was all right. You could run and squeal and act like someone was making you do it. And it was acceptable. But for somebody just to start dancing before the Lord, woo! Whew, almost had to pick up some of the old sisters off the floor. And you know what I'm talking about. You people have been there. I know when I first started doing it, I was at a we went to a convention, a district convention in Brunswick at the big, at the big church. And our choir was, I was leading the choir, and all of a sudden I felt the presence just overcome with the wonderfulness of God. And I took off dancing down the side, dancing down the middle. And when I came near to this pastor, he leaned over away from me like I had leprosy, or if I had AIDS, he couldn't have got out of the way faster. <laughs> but you see, <laughs> I love the Lord so much. Because he was so, I loved him so much that I didn't know what else to do with myself. And I learned through hit and miss that we had this girl that I was leading in the church. And she would scream. She just got let out a blood-curdling scream. You know, and everybody's just like, whoa. Of course, we were taught that the louder you were, the more spiritual you were. So, you know, it, even though it scared us, we knew it because of the nearness of the Lord. But what I found out was that the poor girl did not know how to channel, how to let loose in some other way what she was feeling about the Lord. Because that's what she had seen, and that's what she knew. So she did that. So we started teaching her, hey, jump up and down. <laughs> Raise your hands. Twirl. Dance before the Lord. You don't have to scream. You don't have to say a word. You can just do that. And she tried, and she loved it. It kept many of us from being scared. <laughs> startled is the word. Just startled, yeah, not scared. But now God has us on assignment. The word builds faith in us. And you know, on Sunday mornings, we can have a wonderful service, and we can have teaching on Sunday mornings and Friday nights, and we feel like, oh, yeah, I'm built up in the Lord. Yes, because we've been exposed to the Word, and the Spirit has been stirred up. Our minds have been brought into focus on the Lord, and we feel like, whoa, you know. We go and we have Sunday afternoon um, um, feasting time, uh, dinner, and we talk about the goodness of the Lord. We go home, and we relax, and it's just like all of a sudden something starts kind of like uh, an ice cube. Starts, you know, kind of melting back down. Till Monday morning comes, you know, even though we go to go to school with a smile on our face, and you know, someone says, "Why are you smiling?" We had a wonderful service at church this weekend. Oh my, it was wonderful. 
and we sincerely do that and we say that. The same person, they're confronted on Thursday about something, and they're like going, oh, Jesus, Jesus. But, but the way we do it is we have to have a daily relationship, people. I hope Natasha, she's going to kill me with this, but no, she's not going to kill me. She's going to bless me. Natasha, I hope that Friday night, y'all did tape that, didn't you? Okay, because you know what? If you weren't here Friday night, Friday night was the most beautiful, soaking, wonderful experience in the presence of God. I had told him, I said, I want a copy of this because I want to turn out the lights and lay on the floor in the living room and just let it go. It'll bake you. And if you just let your mind go upon the Lord and you just start praying to the Lord, it may be Thursday night when you listen to it. But I tell you what, when you get up, you feel like you've been to church. You'll feel renewed because it is the word and the spirit of the Lord, people. And that's what we need is to get our places renewed daily in relationship. Sometimes we wonder why things are allowed to happen to us. When I was in the second grade, we were, it's, it's equivalent to first grade now. You know, it wasn't like precocious, but we could start school before my five-year-old old instead of going to kindergarten and stuff like that. Just saying that because it makes me feel a little bit better to let you know I was younger when this happened. <laughs> now, everybody knows that you are given recess, and the teacher, last thing, first thing that comes out of her mouth before she goes out of the room, use the bathroom, get your water, and do all that before you go and play. But, but I love to play. <laughs> Buddy, I love to play at recess. Army, ooh. Mm, that was, if I had died as a child, I would want to play Army in heaven. <laughs> yeah, I know it sounds weird, but I loved it that much. I loved it. So I went outside instead of going to the bathroom. I played and played and played, and then uh, we were called back in, and I was sitting in the seat, and the teacher started the lesson again. And then I realized, oh my, my, I need to go to the bathroom. But I had gone through that spot many times before. I'd been in that situation. Mm, I can hold it. Mm hmm. Till one day I was sitting there and all of a sudden, oh, I got a release. <laughs> it, the words can't describe it. It was released, warm water, release flowing in my lap. It startled me in a sense. And it was going and it got, it got the pressure off of one way, but it put pressure on another way. And, and I remember it startled me so much until it was like trying to warn the teacher that there was a robber or something had happened, you know, like this. So, you know, I remember my hand shot up immediately, and the teacher looked, and she says, yes, Wayne? I said, I think I have pee-peed in my pants. Oh. <sighs> I had to go outside and stay outside till I dried out. It was very, because we live so far, that's back, everybody didn't have a phone, we didn't have a phone and all those things. You know. It was very humiliating, I remember, and I didn't want to do it anymore. But I did, one more time. <laughs> but, it's, but it was not a pleasant experience. 
But God will use those experiences to prepare us and to be used in a different way sometimes, sometimes in the same way. If you have kidney stones, it might be have a kidney stone ministry. But I remember I was teaching fifth grade, had my classroom of fifth graders, and it was after lunch, and I would read to them a story or out of a book. And while they were doing their homework, I had just done that, so y'all wouldn't know that I was just like goofing off. But I would be reading aloud to them, to them, and I was reading aloud to them, and class was quiet and working and everything. And all of a sudden, a little voice hollered out, Mr. Flowers, Mary's eating boogers. And immediately, just as my eyes fired over there to check Mary out, Every eye in the classroom went over to Mary. <laughs> Mary was a bright little girl. She's kind of quiet, smart, but very timid. And every, every eye, with long in mind, fired over there to see what Mary was doing. And there was Mary. She had the evidence on the end of her finger. Her mouth was open, getting ready for the entrance. When our eyes went there, our mouths went open also. But it wasn't for the same reason. And I remember she looked at me, and I looked at her, and everybody else was looking on, and she, it just time froze. And I was going, I can't believe this. I've heard these things happening, and I probably did it more when I was a little kid. But I am beyond this, and this should not be happening. Anyhow, she stopped, and everybody stopped, and the little girl all of a sudden stopped. She goes, her face frowned up, and she threw her hands down. And threw her head down on the screen and put her head down on the chair. And there I was. All the kids then stopped looking at Mary and turned and looked at me like, okay, Mr. Flowers, what are we going to do now? They were going to see if I was going to approve Mary. Mary, that's, that's fine. That's her privilege. She wants to eat boogers. We'll talk to her about eating them only outside, not in class. No, no. I stood there and that's when my mind clicked in. I said, oh, God. What am I going to say? What am I going to do, Lord? I've got a child that's hurt. Because I've been hurt too before. I've been embarrassed. What am I going to do? I can't back her up in it. But God, what can I say? And all of a sudden, God gave me words of wisdom. He took me to the little scene of the woman that was caught in adultery. In the very act of adultery and drug before him with the crowd. And I began to kick into my little walk a mile in my shoes. And I talked and began to speak. Now, I forgot what all I said, but it was good because I was amazed at the end of it myself. But God gave the wisdom. And guess what? After I spoke and said that, not the first person ever teased her about that, ever spoke to her about that, or said anything to her about her that. It could have been a very crisis moment. But God had allowed me to experience crisis to understand. Whatever you are walking through now, no matter how bad and tough the situation is, God will bring you through it, but he's got a purpose. You've got a ministry there. I'm going to jump now. People, it's time we get in and to build ourselves up. In my bathroom, I have this on the medicine cabinet mirror, stuck in the corner. And every day that I get out of the shower, and as I dry myself off, I look at this, and I begin to read this. And each one of these is part of a scripture or based on scripture. And I'm going to read it to you. 
And some days I have felt like a dog <laughs> waking up, not feeling like it. And some days have been days of dread I faced and everything. But still, I start off with this. This first one comes from Psalm 22, 19. But then I just go, I believe, I receive my spirit built up strong. And I pray this prayer with all my heart. Jesus is my strength. I will go in the strength of the Lord. I love you, O Lord, my strength. You have girded me with strength. Therefore, I go from strength to strength. This is beginning to feel strong if I like this guy. I am strong in the Lord. He is my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Lord, you are my strength and my shield. Hmm, covenant now, right? Hmm. Lord, today I keep your word before my eyes. I search your word and feed my spirit being with your life. I open my heart and my mind to you. If I have aught against any, sir, I forgive. Your words are health and medicine to all my flesh. They are peace to my mind. Feed me, I receive. That's what I read this morning. I'm going to tell you what. When I start, I feel kind of, mm, but I'll tell you what. When I get through with the end of it, feed me, I receive. I feel like, God, we've got it all taken care of today, haven't we? Get your Bible scriptures out. Get you a prayer out and put it on the refrigerator. Put it on the medicine cabinet in the bathroom. Put it on the dash of the car. Put it where it's ever before your eyes and make a a purpose thing to read that out loud so my toes can hear it, so it's not just shut up in my mind, but I am releasing it because I'm coming into agreement with the things of God and His Word. And when we do that, things will happen. Would you put on that last one? The very last one is... uh, Timothy, Second uh, Timothy. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity. Did you hear that, Beverly? Because you're kind of like me. You know, in certain situations, I'm kind of timid. They won't know I'm in the room. Others, I've split personality. But I understand. God did not give us a spirit of timidity. But a spirit of Power, God, is going to bring light into this world. I'm going to make a difference today with you, God. Use me. Of love, I'm going to love those people. When everybody else is talking about them, I'm not going to open my mouth at word against them. I'm going to choose to forgive. And of self-discipline or a sound mind. Now, you know where that sound mind comes from? The renewing, transforming of the renewing of the word of our minds with the word of God. And if we're not doing that, the word says, my people perish for lack of knowledge, of ignorance. It's been in the word the whole time. 
I encourage you to get into it and quit being limited. Okay. Natasha? Okay, so I'm sitting here like you do when I give you a mic. <laughs> um, as I was listening, God's been doing a lot of different things in me. I've been kind of just withdrawn within myself. And it's kind of, I've taken kind of the thumper stance. If you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. You over there? But God's been doing something deeper in me than if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. If you can't think anything nice, don't think anything at all. Because there's power in your thoughts. Let's take that a little bit deeper. Because the renewing of your mind and... I know that people probably look at me and say, I just got it all together. Well, yeah, it looks like I do because I'm a control freak. Just being honest, I, I'm probably the biggest control freak in this room. I have control issues that I work through daily. But I'm learning to give up control. And there are situations that lots of pearls are being made here because... <laughs> Lots of, lots of things are given, given up control. But let me t just explain about this thought process. For years, I went through thinking, oh, I'll just confess the word, stand on the word, end of discussion, and I would think whatever the heck I wanted to think. There was not a change in my heart. And I wasn't seeing those miracles that the Bible promised me. And then, you know, I would go and talk to mom and daddy and just, blow it off, you know, just spew all over the room, and Daddy would do one of his pep talks, and I'd be okay. And over time, things would happen, but not the suddenlies that are promised in the Bible, right? It says suddenly. For about, I don't know. But I, I've started watching something very interesting. I've just been sitting back kind of watching it, and I'm starting to, to learn to guard my mind, not necessarily guard my mind. But you know that place that we get in worship where I'm not going to say your mind blanks out, but you're just like breathing him in, and you can just go ahead and just step into that place like you were talking about Friday night, that we just can go in and just go, just step right into his presence. I'm learning to apply that to every situation in finances, you know what, I'm not even going to worry about that. I just step into it and like, you know what, there it is. And I don't even think about it anymore. And I'm finding when, when I'm not even thinking about it or dwelling on these problems anymore because I'm learning to like fall back into, I'm learning to step into my spirit man instead of working out of my soul, out of my flesh. I'm stepping into my spirit. When I learn to activate my spirit and walk in that spirit like I do in worship, that is when I'm beginning to see crazy miracles take place right before my eyes. And not just me, but I'm watching Pharaoh do it. And we're not talking a lot about it because, I mean, you don't want to talk and mess up a good thing, right? <laughs> but there's, some, there's something to be said about applying this faith. This faith is not a feel-good thing. This faith that, that, that we've been teaching on, it's talking about just walking in that spirit, finding that place and living in that place of worship where, God, Abba, I trust you. And that's when the crazy stuff starting to happen that's where the impossible is starting to happen is when we're taking that and not just saying oh lord yes i believe it praise god it's starting to be in that quiet place i believe it i'm going to stand still and watch the salvation of my god 
it's, in, it's when we're learning to live, when we're in that worship place, when we're learning to apply it in other areas. Is it easy? Oh, no, because I'm one of the most opinionated people, not only controlling people, but opinionated people you'll ever meet. But it's when I'm learning to apply that place in worship into my other areas. Instead of knocking my children's head off, I just step back and laugh like, God, you better do something before I become all fleshly on them. But it, it's working, and I'm beginning to see a difference. Not only that, ladies, I need something like, oh, God, play for my husband. You know what? Forget that. I'm just being honest with you. Just forget it. Why don't you step back and let the Spirit do it? Mm. That's where you find the difference. You can, don't get me wrong. I know I sound like don't confess the word. Confess the word. Sing the word. Concentrate on the word, but don't just do it out of lip service. You've got to do it out of your spirit. Is that my, am I making sense? You do it out your spirit. You don't do it from here. It's like you do it from here. You do it out of your spirit because we are supernatural. That is where we live. And I can tell you, Farrell and I have had crazy things going on with us that, did that just really happen? That really did happen. And we're not having the conversations until the crazies happen. Like, dude, did you see that? Did you see that? Did you hear that? We didn't have to open our mouths. When you begin to walk in faith from the spirit, not out of the flesh, that's when you're going to see the stuff happen. That's where, you know, the worries. Don't even think, you know. So let's just, I guess the word that I heard sitting, sitting here was like, don't, let's take Thumper a little step further. You know, Thumper, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. But if we're supernatural, because if you go into the science room of it, the human brain now works at 10% capacity of what it was created to work. Yes? So that should be a correlation to that 10% that if we're walking in the spirit and if we truly begin to walk in that wholeness, then we should start having 100% activation. Where do we think? In your brain, right? It's time to get that brain to work and so that let's take Thumper's mom a step further. If you can't think anything nice, don't think anything at all. If you can't truly think and dwell on the word of God and go into your spirit place, it's going to be fruitless. Well, it might not be fruitless. You might get your blessing five years from now. But if you want your suddenlies, I just, I just heard the Spirit say, if you want your suddenlies, begin to lie, live your life and begin to think through the Spirit. Is it easy? No way! It hurts. It hurts. It's totally like one of the hardest things I've ever done. But is it worth it? Oh, yeah. Is it fun? Oh, yeah. Because, this, because it's truly operating out of a realm of peace. Have I arrived? Nope. Am I working on it? Yep. Are some days easier than others? You betcha. But even in those moments when I'm standing in a room with 24 children looking at me and I think I'm going to hurt them. 
I am just literally going to hurt. I catch myself and I say, Father, I call my spirit to attention to listen to what you're saying and for you to operate. And it's in those moments when I begin to step into my spirit that the change begins to occur. And so I just challenge you, try it. If you can't think anything nice, think on the word, meditate on the word, go into your spiritual happy place. Try it for a week. Try it for a day. See what happens. You'll sleep better. You'll be at peace. It's it's a tough road, but you know what? It's going to be worth it. Is everybody good? Is everybody good? really resonated with me this morning the things that Wayne and Natasha shared. I'm going to say one thing and we're going we're just we're going to enjoy today. Um, this past week I began reading the 23rd Psalm, New Living Translation. And in the first sentence, the way it's stated, it, it really it, it made a profound impact on me. And it's got everything to do with what Natasha and Wayne has been saying. I'm going to just say this and put it right square out in the open. The greatest single concern of the people of this congregation, as I look out on you, the greatest single concern that you have as a body is whether or not you're going to have enough. That's the greatest single concern. I know that because I know that. My life over the last few years has been dominated by a single concern, and that's it. Am I going to have enough? I know when we went into ministry years ago, I entered it with the one firm belief that God was going to take care of me. And I still believe that. However, I have good days with that, and I have bad days with that. But something happened this week. When I read the first sentence of the 23rd Psalm of the New Living Translation, and here it is. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack for nothing. Would you say that with me? The Lord is my shepherd. I lack for nothing. Not I shall lack for nothing. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack for nothing. You know what belief in that will do for you? It will completely release you into rest. It'll completely release you into blessing and being able to concentrate on the things in life that matter. I will say this. If you can if you every day, every hour, every moment, if your subconscious is dominated by the fear of you lacking You'll always lack. I'm sorry. But if you can, by the power of the Spirit, which immeasurably does more than you can ask for, if you just if you release this statement, I lack for nothing, and you can grab a hold of the the text that Wayne used this morning and just rest in it. Let the Lord do His thing. You know, are, are we so special as to think that 
somehow God has lost his grip down through the ages and where he has taken care of the patriarchs and the other saints and all the believers in life. Do we think we're so special that he's lost his grip on our generation? On, on, on my life, on my family? I think not. He's not changed. As a matter of fact, I think today God is in the process. If you read, kind of begin to look at things, he's in the process of, <laughs> allow me to say this, he's getting better with age at it. Okay. He has perfected the art of providing for you and your family. Whether you're a single person or whether you have a growing family or whether you have released your family and you're just simply growing older. Now, when I get home today, homes, well, I've got two or three homes. Maybe I'll do it on all my homes, on my mirrors in the bathroom. I'm going to take a little piece of paper, and I'm going to take some tape, and I'm going to put, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack for nothing. See, that's mine today. What's yours today? And, you know, you may, it may be so tough in your life that you think there's, there's no getting beyond where you are now. It's just it's an impossible thing. Trust the Lord, please. Let him do what he's been doing. Let him take care of you. That's true. You have some responsibilities, but if you're in a place of worrying about this stuff, let the Lord do what he does, and you rest a while and concentrate on other things. Even though you think you can't, I know it's hard. Just do that. Begin to do that, and you'll see, little bit by little bit, it'll get a lot better. So, Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for the word released. We thank you, Lord, for the truth behind it. We thank you, dear God, that we're, gonna, we're going to apply these things to our lives. And so, God, you get praise, glory, and honor for everything. In Jesus' name. Amen. Y'all have a great Sunday.